on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in. At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the best Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from each end Good evening everybody and welcome to the Orient Hour. My name's Billy Herring and I'm joined tonight by Gareth Platt. Gareth, how are you? I'm good, Billy. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. And Terry Howard, Orient legend. Terry, how's your week been? Yeah, very good, other than the, the Orient football. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Other than, other, and that, in that, in that just about it? Other than the football, it's been good, you know? All right, the first thing I'm going to say is everyone just needs to just calm down a little bit. Okay, all right. Look, it's been a poor start to the season. We know that, but there's no need for panic stations yet. We need to stick together as a team, and we need to look at stop making comparisons with other teams. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what Stevenage is doing, Northampton, etc., etc. Let's focus on our own things and let's worry about our own team and let's stick behind the team because at the moment it feels to me as though a few players unjustly are being singled out and there's a few a few scapegoats that are arising. Uh, Gareth. What do you think? Is that fair of what I said, or uh... Uh, I think it's very wise advice because uh, if you if you approach it in the other way, you're going to stand up having a nervous breakdown at this stage. We did we did know it was it was going to be a step up. We knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, we knew there was going to be quite a, quite a tough start, and I think we've seen that in evidence. I think also we've been a bit unlucky. I mean, the fitness wise, where and all the injuries we seem to be accumulating seem are a problem. Yeah, but you know, there's not a lot we can do about that. Um, and equally, there's been you know, last night in particular, there was some, some poor, poor happening things that went against us that you know we really couldn't control or do anything about. So, it's kind of like it's been tough. Um, it's not it, we're not where we w- would hope we would like to be, but at the same time, uh, give it time. I think, Bill. I think that you're absolutely right on that. Terry, what's it like as a pro when you come into the new season all full of hope and optimism, and then you have a terrible start and you lose the first four games? How would I know? We were brilliant all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think, I think it's important that we try and put some posi- a positive slant. You know, I know it's very difficult when you lost all four games. There's reasons why we lost them games. There's some reasons for hope that especially came from last night. Good that we scored two goals. Important that we scored two goals. So we hadn't scored a goal up to then. Um, it's a learning curve, but it's one that we've got to be... Uh, get up and running very quickly from can't you when you're in these situations and, and I'm sure that 
Richie's trying to keep it upbeat in training because you can't, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You know, learn from your mistakes and move on. And as I say, I think even the manager um, learned a little bit and, and changed it a little bit last night. And I thought it, it was better, far more positive. I thought um, that putting Theo on the left-hand side and switching with, with Rule was, was much better, looked look far better balanced. But, you know, as I say, there's, there's issues we've got to deal with, but we'll try and be constructive about them. I think it's interesting what you say about Richie Wellens there, because last season, obviously, we're top of the league, we're flying. He wasn't afraid to dig players out in, as individuals and say, he made a mistake, he was poor in that game. Obviously, you know, confidence is high in the camp. He hasn't done that this season. When you think, when you look at his interviews, he hasn't really, in pre-season he did, but he hasn't done since the season started. You know, it's all about being about the collective and about the group and about looking at the positives and working together. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, we're not privy to what goes on in the dress, dressing room. I would imagine that maybe in there he's, he's pulled, you know, a, a couple aside and, and, and maybe dug them out a little bit. We don't know that for sure. But I think, um, I think he's experienced enough to know that while things are down, you can... When, when you're on top, you can actually, it's easy to dig people out because they're, they're, their confidence is high, the team's confidence is high, the crowd's confidence is high. I think already we've seen, you know, that some supporters are being um, uh, a little bit worried about it. And listen, if, if after 10 games, if, if we're still struggling, you go, OK, we'll, maybe it's time to worry a little bit, but not after three league games. Games, I, I think last night was probably the, the only game that we might have expected to... Uh, get something out of uh, possibly a draw against Portsmouth would have been uh, not a bad result but Charlton away Plymouth in the cup away um, Portsmouth at home and Wickham away it's not an easy start but as I say I think I think there were signs last night that a few of them were coming to terms of what's required all right, well, let's talk about the football then. We've uh, we've avoided it for the first five minutes of the show. But we've got to get into it at some point. So, um, all right, we go back to Saturday's game then, Orient against Portsmouth. So we lined up in a four-two-three-one slash sort of four-three-three fluid formation. Um, we had Scott Howes in goal with uh, Hunt, Beckles, Happy, Sweeney, Brown, El Mazzuni, Monker, Archibald, Pickett, and Soterio. So the big change was obviously Saul Brin out. Injured, uh, sustained an injury on it to his foot. Uh, we don't know the extent of that. There's lots of speculation that he'd broken his foot. He was going to be out for months on end. Uh, but Simon Royce sounded a bit more positive last night in his post-match interview, which we'll hear about a bit later on. So fingers crossed that scan uh, comes back and it is a bit more of a positive news on, on Sol Brin anyway. Um, House seems to be someone who's coming for a lot of stick and seems to be someone who it feels to me like people are looking to scapegoat. Um, I think that's unfair. I didn't see, I didn't fault him for any of the goals on um, on Saturday against Portsmouth. Um, when you look at the first goal, obviously we can, we concede from a simple corner. Theo doesn't attack the ball or stop the runner, and the guy, he's, the man he's marking, gets a touch on the ball and it trickles into the net. Howe's got no chance with that at all. Um, I think some people were suggesting because it went in so slowly, maybe he could have got across a bit quicker. But having looked at it, the angle that the cross shot goes in, he's got absolutely no chance. I think what, what didn't help him at the weekend, and I, I agree, for me, he can't get to the first one. We've had a bit of a conversation on our WhatsApp group um, about players on posts. If we've got a player standing on the post, they just kick it away. I think that's something they've got to look at. I think a lot of teams don't have players on posts now. I'm, I'm a bit old school like that. I like players on posts. Um, I think what didn't help him was we went 3-0 down and then he made a couple of mistakes. He fumbled a very easy cross. Yep. 
he come out and dithered on the ball and, and done nothing with it and it could have been another goal. And yeah. I think that the timing of that was, was, was terrible from his point of view because the crowd was sort of getting a bit restless and, and then it was like, oh, yeah, everything. And as I say, if you actually look at the goals individually, I, I, I said that I think maybe the second goal he may have come for. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a definite come for ball. Um, that said, our defending was poor. You know, it's been our defending from set pieces and crosses has been absolutely atrocious so far. I think we've conceded something like three or four goals already, five goals maybe from from that sort of area, and and that's something that I'm sure that they'll be working on. Well, see, that's it's, it's interesting you say that, Terry, because the initial, obviously, the second goal was from a throw on on the edge on the right hand or in right hand side of the penalty area. We actually did well to clear the initial cross. But then after that, we don't get out quick enough. So Soterio does really well to close the guy down, stop him from turning. He plays the ball back. Jordan Brown isn't working together with him, so he doesn't then close that second ball down, which then gets put in. And Rob Hunt just switches off at the back post and Colby Bishop goes in to score. And Gareth, I mean, Colby seemed to bully our defence. No, I think on, on Saturday, I can't remember our defenders winning a, winning a single clean header. No, I think that's absolutely right. And the point I'd add about Howes as well is it's a big step up for him as well mm. as a goalkeeper. And he's coming into a, in, in behind a defence that's under much more pressure than we've seen last season because it's better players and we're not stopping the ball coming in. So it's almost like a bombardment for him to deal with um, in, in, his, in his step up to a higher level that he's perhaps not just ready for at the moment. So. Yeah, I mean, look, we did have a couple of half chances at the end, towards the end of the half. I mean, Munker and Soterio combined well for a, uh, a couple of shots that the keeper, that the, that it was, they were tame efforts in the end. But to me, I don't feel, I, I don't feel as though we deserved to go in 2-0 down on the balance of play. And that's the really frustrating thing for me is we didn't make them work to score. If they if they if they paid like you know five six seven eight quick passes and take us apart, you go oh, yeah all right well played. But they didn't have to do that. It was simple crosses in the box, and it's just people not concentrating, not picking their men up. I mean, Terry, what are you? Obviously, you 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 know you played in midfield, you played at the back as well. For me, it seems to me that the players are more interested. They're either ball watching as Rob Hunt was for the second goal, and he loses his man, he's not aware of the danger. Or in Theo's case, he seemed to be more worried about the man and less worried about attacking the space or attacking the ball. Like, I was always taught, attack the ball. If you're going to go and win it, go and win it. Mm. And if you don't win it, at least do enough to get your body in the way so their guy can't get a strike on it. Yeah, I mean, back when we used to go through drills, we would always... The coach would always say to us, "Get up against, get get up against your player. Mm. You can be looking at the ball, but if you're out, so if he moves, you know he's moving. Not pushing him or anything, but just have have contact with him. And at the moment, we're not doing we're not doing either. Of them. We're not getting in contact with them, and we're ball watching. And yeah. it's a recipe for disaster. And um, it'd be interesting. I mean, as I say, we we don't know what goes on in training. I'll be in, they look at videos, the coaching staff. They must be looking at that and what surely working on that because it's been, it's, it has been. The, you're quite right what you say. They've not, we've not worked teams hard enough for their goals. Really haven't. All right, so we move into the second half then. 51 minutes, um, Jaden Sweeney loses the ball, gets caught in possession in the, in the midfield. It's a simple ball down our left-hand side and um, their winger crosses in. Beckles turns into his own net. I mean, again, I feel for Omar Beckles because it was poor. It was really poor. You know, 
the goalkeeper, he gives the goalkeeper no chance. It, it loose, it spoons off his shin, it goes in. It's poor from him. Um, and then later on in the game in the 93rd minute, he then gives away a penalty. Now, some of you who follow our, our Twitter might um, might see that Andy has um, posted up earlier on about the fact that actually, although Omar Beckles gives a penalty away, I've watched this on the replay three or four times and it's their centre forward is pulling Beckles' shirt first and then from there, Beckles then gets himself into a position where he then does it back and the referee ends up giving, giving a penalty to them. When you look at the... When you look... Their centre forward has nearly pulled Beckles' shirt off his back. And look, 4-0, 3-0, it doesn't make a difference. But to my mind, the way I look at it is, that seems to be how our luck's going at the moment. You know, when you look at the injuries and what have you, and I know, you know, the end of the season, we can't go, oh, well, we were unlucky to go down because it's going to balance itself out. But that's, it's such a frustrating thing where we should have had a free kick and instead it goes the other way and they get a penalty. Um, Gareth, what, what did you make of it? Did you, did you see the incident? What did you think? I didn't actually see the incident, uh, but I've, I've watched it back since. Um, and I think it's one of those, it's exactly what you said, Bill, is that things are going against us, you know, uh, just when we don't want them to. You know, it's like an own goal. Yes, you know, it's an error, it's a mistake, it's somebody doing the wrong thing. But at the same time, it's unlucky as well, isn't it, the, to find yourself in that situation. And it, you could see it killed all hope. I mean, I thought it was, the goal going in just before half-time was bad, uh, bad for the confidence. But then, you know, the own goal after that, it's like, we, I think you could almost see the players give up on that game in particular. No, I'm not saying they weren't trying, yeah. but it's like, we're getting nothing here. Certainly to yeah. the wind out of their cells. Their heads, their heads, I wouldn't say their heads dropped, but it was a real kick in the... What's it? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it really, uh, it, it certainly didn't know. I mean, Terry, having said all of that, though, that it should have been our free kick, the reason that it all comes about is because it was a long ball down the middle. And again, we don't deal with that long ball. Yeah. Um, I, I think physicality has been a bit of a problem for us. The game against Portsmouth, they looked a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit quicker. Um, I was a little concerned with George Moncur at the weekend. He didn't look fit to me. I know he's had his issues. I think he's not been well. Though, I was going to yeah. say, it, it, that's what it looked like. You know, it, it looked like he was, there was a period for about five, ten minutes in the first half where the Pompey midfield, were, they were just playing keep ball around us. And he just couldn't, you could see he just labouring to get there. And, and uh, as I said before, I, I wondered how his pre-season went, but if he's had a sort of a, a sort of relapse and things, it glandular problems that he's yeah, suffered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, what and does it, that, that knocks the stuffing out of you. And, and that's how it looked. It looked like that. And um, once again, maybe it was an idea to get him off a little bit quicker mm. just to get some fresh legs in there. Because so we, we look like we, we, we struggled a little bit with that on Saturday. And that's the thing where you look at the bench and it's frustrating because obviously Galbraith couldn't play because he had a concussion. And again, you know, when you take, if you take out of any team, I don't care what anyone says, if you take out of any team in this division, um, Dan Aggie, the goal, uh, you know, the goalkeeper Sulbrin, you take out the likes of Galbraith and people like that, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it's going to have an impact upon people. These are new signings that were three, three of the new signings couldn't play. It, it doesn't matter what level you play at, whether it's kids football or if you're Man City, if you're losing four or five of your best players, it affects your, it affects your team. Of course it does. And some teams will cope better with it because they've got bigger squads, but it's still the principle. It will affect the team. I, I think, I think also that, where we really missed Dan Aguirre at the weekend, we didn't turn them round. We never got into the areas um, behind the fullbacks, pulling the centre half. I don't think we really pulled their centre halves out. As I say, we went a little bit one-dimensional up the middle. 
didn't get support um, up front to uh, to Piggott. Um, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to um, get your team up the park if you're not pushing them back. And we never pushed them back or pulled them around. I don't think. And so it comes back. Lessons learned. And I think the bits I've seen from from last night, we did a bit more of that. We actually moved the Wickham team around a little bit more and got two goals. So, obviously, one of the things you just mentioned there is the fact that we're crying out for someone who's going to run in behind and who's going to create space and what have you. With Aaron Drynan out injured, with Dan Aggie out injured, we've been looking in the transfer market and we've got our man, Shaq Ford, has come in from Watford and we're lucky enough to hear from Omar Risa, who's, uh, who, who's coached Shaq Ford, and he's going to tell us a little bit about him now. So I'm going to pass over right. to Andy, who spoke to Omar Risa earlier. Right, well, very Pleased to have back on the Orient Hour, our good friend Omar Reza. First and foremost, how's things in the world of Omar? Yeah, really good, Andy. Just, um, you know, like always, working hard, um, head down, you know, trying to uh, improve things, improve myself, improve the players, improve the team. And, and uh, yeah, really, really good place, mate. Good, because um, I'd say last time we spoke, I think you were still involved in international uh, setup and uh, uh, the uh, younger side of football. But uh, since then, you've... you've um, walked away or given up on the international scene for now and uh, and gone up on the league side to be um, first team coach at Watford yeah I mean with the England stuff you know I was there four years it was really good you know I worked with some really great people and some great players and you know I was still doing that alongside what I was doing and um, I think at the time had just come now where I was you know stretching myself a bit too thin doing the two and uh, yeah I carried on with my stuff at Watford and now uh, you know it's a really Excellent stuff. Now, the reason we've got you on the blower is uh, Shaq Ford. Uh, nine goals in 20 on loan for York, 19 years old, a sort of fast-paced forward who gets in behind. And um, your views on him, because you've had a long time uh, watching the lad, haven't you, and coaching the lad? Yes, I came into the club when I was taking the 15, 16s, and Shaq was one of those boys, you know, and uh, so I've worked with him a long time. Um, interesting character, you know, he's... Uh, he can be he can be tenacious and aggressive, but at the same time soft. You know, if, if, if that makes sense. Um, great character, works hard. You know, he's always had he's always had an aggression about him and uh, an intelligence about him in his game. And um, I think he's of the, of the age now where uh, he's ready to start playing. You know, senior football. Last year, I managed to get him out to York um, with Dave Webb, who was who was a friend of mine, who was a manager at the time, and. Uh, He's done really well there, you know, like you say, he scored nine goals and uh, I think he played in a variety of positions as well. And I think it was this year was time for him just to get the opportunity to, to step up to League Two, League One and um, Orient have given him that opportunity, which is great. And the other thing, it being a club that I've worked at and, and managed in the past, so it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, nice culmination for me in respect of a young lad that I've brought through again here and now going into Orient and, and hopefully being able to provide the goals and and uh, just something a little bit different. Yeah, almost unbelievably he got injured in the warm-up. I think he pulled up with an ankle injury um, last night. So that was a bit of a, a shock on top of all the other injuries oriented suffering. It was just a sort of compounded things. But um, we've got a, a lot to look forward to uh, with him, with Shaq, uh, do you think, uh, Omar? Yeah, I think, like I said, he's ready now. He's... Um, He's at the age where he's, he's always been aggressive and a powerful player at whatever age he's played at. And it's now, you know, sometimes when players get to that sort of stage at a young age, they get frustrated. But now he's he's been given the opportunity and hopefully 
he'll get himself fit and um, hopefully it's not a real bad one and uh, which I'm sure it's not and he, I think he'll definitely add something to um, to the team you know I know you've got Ruel there who I worked with as well uh, who, who scored two goals yesterday and a little bit different to Ruel Ruel's you know a bit, a bit of a, a bigger player stronger player who can play with his back to goal as can Shaq but Shaq does like to you know um, sort of get in behind the opposition and he can play off of wide areas as well can play a little bit deeper and he's left footed so that adds a little, little bit of a different dimension to the team I think um, I think you've got Piggott there as well haven't you so yeah. you've got a good, um, good selection problem there uh, as Richie Wellin so but yeah I think Shaq will definitely add something to the team he likes to score goals um, and hopefully he can um, he can bring something to the team Excellent thanks Sarah Thank you ever so much to Omar Risa there and to Andy for the interview as well. So, we were all very excited about seeing Shaq Ford. And guess what? He got injured. <laughs> um, I mean, you literally couldn't write it. He, you know, he, was, he was hobbling in the warm-up and so, um, therefore, wasn't able to be on the bench and wasn't able to make his debut. Um, Sweeney was out with a concussion. Uh, Hunt dropped to the bench. It was good to see Ethan Galbraith, Galbraith, should I say, back from his concussion. So, we lined up in a 4-2-3-1 slash again, 4-3-3 formation with Howes, James, Beckles, Happy and turns at the back. Brown, Elmazuni, Moncur, Archibald, Piggott and Satiriu. Now, when we saw the lineup, I thought it would be three at the back, uh, but Glenn Wilkie assures me it was a four with turns playing at left back. Um, Gareth, what do you make of that? Playing um, playing at turns at left back rather than sort of playing a three and uh, playing sort of Theo as a wing back? It, it, it felt at the time it was a back it was a back four. I was stood right behind the goal, so you could you could absolutely see that it was back four. Um, I think it's a needs must situation almost, isn't it? I mean, we we were talking previously. Uh, Rob Hunt's not exactly um, shown that he's quite ready for this level just yet. I thought Sweeney. He's, was str- okay. he's struggled, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I thought Sweeney was okay against Portsmouth, but you know, it's if, if he can't play, then who do we put there? And I thought Ed Turns was very assured, and he's very calming influence, and he's. One of the few players who looks like he's right for the tempo of League One. Uh, some of them are struggling to adjust, um, but but he looks like because he's come from an academy, he looks like he's more comfortable with the speed of the ball and the speed of movement and the speed of thought that's required for uh, for what's needed. So um, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm guessing he might well have to play in the centre back position um, uh, on Saturday, might he? So um, so yeah, I think it's a needs must. I think he's capable of it. I don't think he gives you as much going forward as perhaps other options might. But at the same time, he, he's solid defensively. So I think it's an option, but I think he's probably more suited to the centre of the defence. So. I mean, look, the bottom line, when you look at statistically, we deserve to win that game last night. And that's, again, the really frustrating thing about it. You know, I know I, I get it, the stats don't win games, but we had 61% possession with 10 men. We had 15 shots, you know. That's not a team that's just rolled over. So I think that from a positive perspective last night, they worked harder and we looked much better going forward. Unfortunately, again, those defensive frailties were, were, were on show and, you know, they've got to work harder. It's the bottom line is they've got to work harder. Terry, as you said earlier on, the first goal, again, we dealt with the initial ball into the box really well. But the second ball, it's just a speculative cross to the back post and Joe Lowe attacked the cross. Beckles has to win it. He has to win it. He's your big, experienced, dominant centre half, and I get that Joe Lowe's six foot five, but that doesn't matter. Beckles is six foot three. You know, smash him out of the way. Get get to that ball and win that ball. You have to win that ball. You know, who was it that said it? Is it? Is it? Um, 
I, I don't know, Frank, um, might have been Brian Clough, maybe. Body's on the line. Body's on the line. You know, you have to win that ball. Um, and then in the 31st, sorry, 35th minute, we scored our first goal of the season. Um, what a feeling that was. So again, first time we get down outside the outside um, and we actually turn their defence. Lovely ball from Dan Happy. Dan to Theo, crossing and a really, really smart finish from Rul Sotiriu. Um Terry, Rul Sotiriu frustrates me because before he scored, every single touch he had seemed to come off his knee or his shin and it went straight back to them and it was like playing football with a wall. And then he scores. And obviously he got two goals last night and that's where he frustrates me because he's a goal scorer but he's got to work on his first touch. Yeah, I think you summed him up there. But, <laughs> you know, he's got, he has got goals in him. He's a player you've... you've if you don't play him, you've got to have him on the bench because he'll nick you, he will nick you a goal. Last night, I think he, he broke away. Uh, we nearly scored in the second half. He broke away yeah. and forced a good save from the keeper. I think Did we had a you? chance with the rebound. He, as I say, he's got a little bit of sharpness. That little bit of, it's funny, he, he's, his movement is good. It looked good last night. Um, that's why, for me, he has, to, he has to play on the right-hand side. It looks more natural for him there to make them runs, you know, um, and, and, and Theo on the left. Um, but yeah, you, you, it is surprising how poor his touch is, really. When you see him get a technical goal, that's a fantastic Great strike, it was to, great, to, he had lots of really do. is, he did. I mean, it was, a, it was a good cross from Theo, but, mm. the, but it needed work, you know, from, from the finish. And it was fantastic, you know, you, if you saw someone in the Premier do that, you'd go, oh, it was. And for him to, you know, to have that sort of touch, you just think, my God, you train day in, day out, it surely must improve by now. Yeah, and that's I think that and certainly that's my frustration with him because he takes up good positions. Listen, you can never fault Royal for his work rate. You can never fault him for his commitment to the team. He's he's just one of those players that you just you, ah just just keep hold of the ball. Just keep hold of the ball. I, I would imagine I would imagine his, his goals to minutes ratio in his career at Orient is yeah. very very good. You know, as I say, he, he always he's one of them boys. He, he he looks like he can nick you a goal and, and, and invariably he does. But you say you need to. Just need to see him, stupid after the goal, technically become better. And he hits a volley like that. But that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've heard fans and, you know, on our, on our WhatsApp group when we, where we discuss sort of things for the show and things, you know, people say, well, what does he offer? Why is he in the team? And well, what he offers you is goals. And he's kind of that X-factor player that can pull something out of nothing and, and, and you know, get you a goal and, and get you back into the game, as he did last night. So... Now, um, so we go into half-time, one all. I think everyone was relatively happy. I thought that we played well. You know, I thought that certainly it was a huge improvement on the weekend. And then the 50th minute, the moment that really changed the game. And again, it's a simple ball through the middle. You know, their, their central midfield player gets it, plays the ball through the middle, and a player, all he does is jump over the top of it. What, what, you know, that, that's all he does. One of the Wiccan players just dummies the ball, and it goes between turns and happy. And look, you know, they've not played together before in that position with turns as a left back and Happy as a centre half. But once it's through, you know, we know Dan Happy's not be- not blessed with with pace. You know, that's not one of his attributes that that, that is particularly strong. And he gives the referee a decision to make. And as soon as the referee decides it's a foul, there's only ever going to be one outcome from that. And it's uh, it was a red card. Um, so then we battle on to the 68th minute and 
At the, again, we were playing well. We were the team that seemed to be trying to win the game, trying to uh, we, we were dominating position. We were going forward. We had a few a few chances, uh, and then we switch off again from a short corner. Now, I've got some questions here about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start ask I'm gonna ask you first of all, Terry, as the as the the ex professional that's in the room, and then Gareth, I'm gonna come across to you. So. The, we can play a short corner. Moncur is standing out there on his own, so there's already an overload. Um, we find Archibald at the back post, and, and he switches off at the back post. These are my two questions. Question one, why is Moncur, who is an experienced pro, not screaming at someone to get out there and support him to stop the short corner, is question one. And question two, why is Theo marking their six foot five inch centre half. I know Happy got sent off, but that's a ridiculous mismatch. You still have players on the pitch, Beckles, James, Turns, Brown. They're all physically, not necessarily taller, but all physically stronger, I would say, than Theo, all more defensively minded than Theo. Why is one of them not picking him up? Terry, those are my two questions. Well, the the first point, um, that's a small detail that becomes a very big detail because if two people always... This this comes down to maybe a bit of confidence within the team, not recognise... Everyone's like looking around, they're a little bit sort of cloudy in their judgement and whatever because they've lost their confidence a bit. But that's a basic. Two people go out. Someone should see that straight away. Even if it's not, if it's not monks, someone should see that and get out there. Because the players are looking at him. Yeah. They can see yeah, I know, he's on his I know, own isolates. I know. Yeah. I know. It, it, as I say, it, it's, it's, a, it's a basic error. Maybe I'm doing him a disservice saying that he should be screaming at well, someone to come out with him. Yeah, not just him. Someone should be seeing that. You know, we, we talk about leaders on a pitch. You can never have enough leaders on a pitch. No one's taking the responsibility there. Yes, maybe Monk should have called someone out, but some, they're looking at it. It's not something happening behind them. You know, it's... Everyone's looking at that situation. The cross comes in, and as you say, why on earth, Theo? Uh, he's not. He's not big physically, and also he's not the most switched on in our box, um, as we saw. Going the other way. Yeah. He's looking to break. Yeah. Defensively. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that natural forward instinct in him. Absolutely. And he hasn't got that defensive instinct. He doesn't sense danger. And that. So. So two things. You know. And you. And sorry. It seems like we're we're digging out on, on my beckles a lot tonight. But he's the captain. Yeah. He's got to be there. One. Of, he's got to be organising. Seeing that. You know. He's. I don't know what he's doing. Not marking the big fella. I mean, you just think straight away. You know. I mean, back back in our day when you, you had to try and deal with Terry Evans at Brentford, we'd always. With that person that would always try to deal with him wouldn't always be successful, but you'd have your best man always trying to deal with it. He should, he should. That's his natural instinct should be to go to him and, and say, Theo, get inside. I'll take him. So two very small details, two basic details, have ended up as big things, and that's why the ball's in the back of our net. And I remember when I, um, I've, I've, I've probably mentioned this story on air before, but I did a little bit of work for Northampton when I was at university there. And I remember being in one of the inside one of their technical sessions when they were rewatching the game when they were playing Colchester in the um, in the um, playoffs. Pete Corley was centre half for Colchester at the time, I believe. He was again about six foot five, mm, prolific yeah, in yeah. the air. So they doubled up on him. Mm. They had Scott McLeish basically stand in front of him, so he couldn't get a clear run and they had the other the other centre half was marking him and 
get in touch tight to him so that you've got one player stopping his run and you've got one player who's physically marking him. Now, look, I get we're down to 10 men, but in situations like that, you've pulled everyone back into the box anyway. You know, they've still got a defender back and they've still got... Um, and they've still got their goalkeeper back. So as far as we've st- we should still have a man free to either block the run yeah. and help Theo out a bit, yeah. you know, or, or Theo blocks the run and someone else picks him up. I just, it, to me, it's just basics. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, that, can, that can happen at any level of, of football. But as I say, you go up a division and everyone's just a little bit, a little bit smarter, a little bit quicker, a little bit better at everything. And even set pieces, people are going to be um, very cute with them. And if you're not, if we're not switched on, as we found out, we will get punished. So we end up, we're losing the game. And, um, you know, we keep on going, though. What I will say is the heads didn't drop. We keep on going. And that was a real positive from last night is the fact that they did keep on going. Theo goes close to a strike from the edge of the box, which is well saved by their keeper. Again, you know, last year, potentially that goes in. Tom James then hits the post. And when he hits the post, how that doesn't come out, hit the keeper and then go back in. Last year, you know that's happening, right? And again, it's these small margins. We, we said earlier, uh, Bill, that there were there are po- there was a lot more positives about last night, you know, and... and we're talking about um, attention to detail, but what you would say was great last night was the character of the team. That was good to see. It was good to see a little bit of fight in there. You know, maybe it took Dan getting sent off to, to actually think, oh, come on. And, but what we've got to do is not forget, we've got to carry that into Saturday. You know, that's, every game is going to be a fight. You've got to, even more so in League One, earn the right to play and... It's not just going to happen as easy as it did in League Two. And don't get us wrong, we worked hard in League Two. That's why I won the league. But I just feel that a couple of boys are, are not mentally or physically where they should be at the moment. And I think it's showing a little bit. All right, so we're going to the 84th minute and that was the real killer blow, the third goal. And again, I don't want it to seem as though I'm singling Omar Beckles out here because I do feel like I do feel like he's really copped it tonight. But we, you know, I can only comment on what I see. So the 84th minute... Omar Beckles follows his man into an area in the midfield on past the halfway line where he doesn't need to be. We're down to 10 men. Drop off. If, you're, if your centre forward's going to drop in there, let one of the midfield players pick him up, right? I get that if he turns, he's running at you, but he's running at you on the halfway line. You can bring him down there. You ain't going to get sent off. Instead, he goes in with the man, leaves a huge space in behind. The ball gets played over the top. Look, from there, there are other mistakes that are made. So House flaps at the initial cross, doesn't get it. Even then, though, they still had a lot to do and it just seemed to me they passed the ball around. Now, defending was so passive. We let them pass the ball around us and then Ed Turns gets pulled across and their number 20, Taylor, just wanders into the box and Tom James is standing on the edge of the box and he watches him. He can see that Ed Turns has got to go across and cover the man with the ball and he's and he doesn't sense the danger he's got to get to that man he's got to put him under pressure and he doesn't and you know in the end they just the, the ball goes into the, the ball goes into the back of the net and it's a it's a it's a free hit like, we kept going we didn't give up Real Soteria scores another goal at the end to uh, to make it two and then Gareth we had the uh, the um, the scenes at the end where Richie Wellens and, and Paul Terry both sent off after the final whistle um 
Paul Terry, to my mind, didn't deserve a red card. He seemed to be quite respectful and quite calm when he was talking to the the, uh, the referee. Well, certainly wasn't aggressive when he approached him. However, in my mind, as soon as Richie sees Paul Terry get that red card, he needs to just walk away. He's not going to change the result. He's not going to change the referee's decision. Don't bother shaking his hand at that point. Just get out of the way because you know you're going to say something. Gareth? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I'm not even going to claim um, uh, kinsmanship with, with a fellow Northwesterner because he, I, think he'd, I think he lost his temper. And I think that's part of the problem. I think the frustration was there for all to see. I mean, I was particularly annoyed with the referee, but I'm not going to get a red card for giving my feelings across from the, from the stand behind the goal. At the same time, I think you're right. And I think also it's, it's proving a challenge for Richie because I'm not, sure, I'm not sure he's experienced enough at competing with better teams uh, and having success. I mean, he won the title at Swindon, you know, and, and he won the title with us. But he's not, you know, he's not competing at a level himself. So maybe he's testing himself, or he's finally get testing himself um, and getting a bit frustrated. There was a moment, and I think it was in the first, it was in the first half when he got into trouble from the bench. And I'm not, I can't remember if he got a yellow card now, but he certainly he got did, a talking yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think he's losing control a little bit. And you're absolutely right, Bill. It should have been right. Okay, we're not going to get anything. He's not going to turn around and say, "Oh yeah, I was wrong," is he, the referee? And no matter what you say to him, he's, you, nothing's going to change whatsoever. So he should have just took it on the chin, perhaps, and walked away. I think that's the problem, isn't it? And it doesn't send out the right message to the players, is it? Because Yes, we've been unlucky, but at the same time, we're not doing ourselves any favours by giving ourselves a mountain to climb, you know, uh, often with silly goals given away. You know, it's, and then blaming the referee, yes, you can argue it was a red card, it wasn't a red card, but ultimately, yeah, the referee made his decisions and you're not going to get anywhere. And it, if the players all feel like the refs have got it in for us, then they're not going to address the real problem, which is giving away stupid goals. All right, well, because uh, Paul Terry and um, Richie Wellens both got sent off, we uh, hear from Simon Royce, who was the only member of the coaching staff, I believe, not to be booked last night. Simon, over to you. Well, Simon, thanks for joining us. First of all, I think we have to explain why you're doing the post-match and not Richie Wellens or Paul Terry. Um, I believe the new rules are that if you get sent off during the game as a, as a coaching part of the coaching staff, that you, you, you're not allowed to do the press, so... Um, at the end of the game there Richie and Paul both asked the referee perfectly good questions they weren't aggressive um, they got a red card so, so I'm out here unfortunately for you lot talking to me It wasn't the only red card your thoughts on the red card for Dan Happy? Um, I think I think it, it was harsh we, we need to have another look at it again to be, to be honest with you there may have been a little bit of a, a shirt pull there but um, I think and, and then it turned the game a little bit but to a man with 10 men I thought we were we were the better side um, and the lads put in, in an unbelievable shift as they always do um, and each and every one of them we've got to be proud of and the first goal of the season the first of the evening for Walsaturio and it was a special one wasn't it fantastic what a great finish great move great ball out to the left from, from Theo um, all week we've been saying you know, get the ball in the box get the ball in the box we haven't been crossing it enough um, so you probably saw first half how, how many times Theo got the ball into the box um, and thankfully this one paid off fantastic finish uh, from Ruel which will give him a massive confidence boost He worked so hard and the second one set up quite a finale didn't it? Yeah it did it did unfortunately we, you know just 
fine margins, you know, with the with the goals we conceded. Um, but I think the boys can take a massive lot of confidence from that tonight. Um, I thought the fans were unbelievable at the end of the game. I think I think Matt Harold said in the, in the dressing room after the game there, if anybody walked into the stadium at the end of the game, they'd have gone, oh, Leighton Orient won tonight. You know, their fans are unbelievable. Um, but yeah, grandstand finish. We nearly nicked a... Um, an un- unlikely point at the end, but like I said, to a man, they were absolutely magnificent all night. What about Sam Howes? You're the goalkeeping coach, and he's been thrown at the deep end, hasn't he? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, difficult start for him. Obviously, he had he knew he was playing against Plymouth in the cup, um, so he had time to prepare for that. But then Sol picked up a, a slight knock, but he had 12 hours notice. Um, he's come out, he's come in from non-league. He's a good goalkeeper, Sam, um, but he'd been thrust in a little bit earlier than what he would have liked and what, what we would have liked um, so he'd only really had like I said 12 hours notice um, so it was a tough tough start for him uh, but I thought he grew tonight grew into the game um, he's got fantastic distribution he showed that you know he, he got us he got us playing um, so he, he's definitely one to work with but hopefully Sol's, Sol's injury is not too bad um, but, and he's a great goalkeeper but it's competition for places So is the injury not as bad as first feared for Sol? It's not too bad um, we're just waiting to see see how he is. He's had a second scan. Um, I can't reveal the, the the results of that, but I don't think it's as, as bad as what we first th- first feared. Um, so fingers crossed, he'll be available in the next few weeks. Again tonight, from an annoying perspective, from a defensive perspective, you'd be disappointed with all three. I thought. Yeah, always disappointed to concede any goal, um, as well as three. You know, four again weekend like I said it's fine margins you know if we just cut out them slight errors um, I think we'll be okay because going forward we are a threat you know we, we showed there even with 10 men like I said with Jordan Graham coming on he, he can put in some unbelievable balls into the box um, and we've got William Runners Theo puts a, a great ball in so yeah if we can cut out the mistakes we need to get that clean sheet um, and then we'll, we'll, be, we'll be okay what is it about the O's and injuries this season? Because I, I think the new lad Ford picked up a knock uh, in the warm-up, didn't he? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's I've never known anything in 32, 33 years of being in this game. I've never known at the start of a season to, to have so many injuries. Um, we haven't really done anything any different to last year. If anything, we've tried to do things a lot better because we've stepped up a division. Um, but it's just been, we, you know, we've been unlucky we've been unlucky but I think we've all just said in there imagine when we do get everyone fit we will be a force what is the extent of the injury to Shaq uh, I don't know I'm I'm not a physiotherapist I'm just a goalkeeping coach um, but it was just a it, he was running uncomfortable to, to his ankle but I, I haven't spoken to the physio about what it actually is um, but I, I don't think it's, it's too bad Blackpool next the club yep. that Richie knows well yeah um Good stadium to go to. Obviously, um, been in the Premier League as well. So they're the places when you when you get promoted. They're the sort of places that you want to go. We've got some great games to look forward to this year. It'll be a great surface. It'll be a great atmosphere. Like I said, we could take so much confidence from from the performance tonight. Um, we've got a few days. Hopefully, we can get another couple fit. Um, and go up there and, and put on a show. And finally, over 800 travelling fans. They certainly made themselves heard, didn't they? Ah, they were fantastic. Our fans were fantastic all last season, and they have been as well. And they're getting behind the team. You know, four defeats along with the, the cup, but th- three defeats in the league. But you'd think we're sitting top of the league like we were last year, the way, the way they supported us tonight, right to the end.
Thank you, Simon. Okay, take care. Okay, thank you very much thank there you. to Simon Royce. Um, we'll go straight to uh, Glenn Wilkie and hear his thoughts on the uh, last two games as well. Well, joining us is uh, our friend Glenn Wilkie. And Glenn, uh, I think disappointing would be uh, the way to sum up the start to the season. Yeah, it's, it's been a very difficult start, start hasn't it? Um, three, three league games, zero points. Not not the ideal start, not the start all the supporters wanted, um, as well as the team and the management staff. So, uh, yeah, it's been really, really difficult. and But it's got better. It's got better. After watching the uh, Wickham game last night, you can see lots of, lots of good stuff um, compared to the game against Portsmouth on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say to you, they were chalk and cheese. I mean, you have to just hold your hands up. You're well beaten by a better team on Saturday and things went didn't go right. But uh, last night, there were positive, positives to take, wasn't there? Yeah, massively. Well, first of all, was getting getting our first goals of the season, which was which was great to see and uh, give the supporters something to cheer about. Um, two two good goals from Ruel Satoriu. Um, unfortunately, uh, defending crosses seems to be our Achilles heel at the moment, and we just all goals seem to be coming from wide areas crossed into the box, and we just can't seem to defend them. Um, but last night, I just thought. Watching the game, I just thought we were in complete control um, and we're absolutely dominated, even with 10 men after Dan Appy got sent off after sort of just after half time. We still dominated possession, and I, th- I think the final stats were like 61% possession. Yes, I know that doesn't mean anything, we don't get any points for that, but it was good signs from previous games. And we saw, I think we had about 15 shots last night. Yeah. I mean, for an away side, for an away side, Glenn, sixty-one percent is is huge. Well, especially when you're playing half the game with one less player, so it's it's like it was really good signs. I thought it was a really good performance last night. Yeah, take away take away the defensive sort of frailties and, and conceding them them silly goals, and they were silly goals which could have been cut out. We. What, what I was impressed with was how we played, um, the shape of the team, and it, it was sort of, it changed a few times depending on what Wickham were doing because they changed shape at half-time and put an extra midfielder in there. But even when Dan Appy got sent off, we had 10 men and it was 1-1. I was really, really pleasantly surprised that we were going for the win. We, we set up, the way we set up and the way we attacked, we were going for the win and we were really unfortunate when... We've hit the post at 1-1. Um, and it wasn't even against the run of play. We were controlling the game at that point still. And then obviously we can see goals and uphill battle with 10 men, but we, we managed to get another one and then it was a bit of a scrap towards the end. Yeah, it's these lapses of concentration. I mean, um, you, you know, the same player's made several mistakes, obviously, and each time he's been punished, it seems. But um, where do you go with that when you're the coach? Work hard on the training ground. Um it seems to be, listen, the first goal last night, um, the defender was very, very tired with their forward um, and he's managed to get his leg around him. And it was, and I listened to the, to the guy who scored the goal. I listened to his interview after the game and he said, he said, I didn't think I was going to get to it. I just stuck my leg out and it hit me and went in. It wasn't, it was just like a bit of a scramble with a back post. Mm. Yes, it can be, it can be sort of cut out with ball when it goes wide and it gets set back. We need to be tighter and stop the crosses in. So from a coaching point of view, 
I, I'm, gonna, I'm coaching my full-backs or my nearest players in them wide areas to block and try and get tighter so the crosses can't come in the box for one. But when they do, or if it's a set piece, everyone's got to be in the right position because the second goal, we, we were napping, we were ball-watching and the players just peeled off around the back and, and got the finish on. Um, we, we sort of just got a bit hypnotised by the ball and we're ball-watching and taking our eye off the player at the crucial moment and it just seems to be going against us in them areas at the moment but I'm sure they'll be working on it and working on it and working on it in training. And what do you make of uh, the injuries, uh, Glenn? I mean, this is it's highly unusual, isn't it, this level of injury this early? It is, and it, the, the thing is, if I've, I've seen people question the, the coaching or the the fitness regime or whatever it is, but they're, from what I can gather, they're like impact injuries or sort of mechanical injuries rather than muscular injuries. So you can't really legislate that. And it was like the new lad who we've just got on loan from Watford, I was watching him warm up and you could see he was in pain and he was doing a fitness test before. Um, and it's, he's got a bad ankle or he's done his ankle, he's tweaked his ankle in some way. So you can't legislate for that. It's just pure bad luck. Real bad luck, but we've got what nine, ten players out injured at the moment. We get half of them back in key areas, and we did look good last night. We looked, we did look good. I thought last night with them extra players back, I, I don't think we need to worry. I think we'll start picking up points soon. Yeah, I mean, as as regards the management duo getting sent off, I mean, they'll be kicking themselves this morning over that, won't they? Yeah, they'll probably feel like they've let let people down with that, but you can see why why they they did or, or Richie got a yellow card earlier on um, but it was born out of frustration with the referee because he was really really poor and it, it, it wasn't like he was fearful with both teams he sort of dishing out yellow cards to our players and red cards but Wickham were doing exactly the same thing if not worse not not so much on a red card but with time wasting and stuff but he didn't penalise them in any way so you can understand the frustrations uh, in the heat of the moment, you say you do things which you're not proud of after. And I'm sure Richie's sort of kicking himself a bit this morning, thinking about it. And, and I don't know what Paul Terry said to the, to the referee after. but Probably unrepeatable. Because, <laughs> yeah, well, both of, them can't be in the, can't, both of them can't be in the ground at Blackpool on Saturday. So that, that's a knock-on effect of what's gone on. And, that, and that's where, where people, you, you need to... You need to try and keep your emotions in check if possible. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen both sent off before, I must admit. I've, you know, I'm trying to think. I've never seen that happen, uh, where both uh, manager and assistant are dismissed um, at the same time in the same uh, game. Uh, I don't think it's happened. Um, I can't remember. No, I can't no, remember it happening. It. Yeah. And the finally, Glenn, before you go... Um, it seems to me the back line have got vampire writers, I think, because they're, they're certainly afraid of crosses. How do we deal with that? Hard work, hard work, concentration. Um, last night, you can say, you, the first thing you go, when you're tired, is your concentration levels go when you're tired. Playing with 10 men, we were under the cost at times. Maybe people's fitness levels at this stage of the season are not where they want to be and they're just switching off. But oh, we're going to work on our fitness. We, we do that every day in training. So we'll get fitter. But the actual defending of crosses... Defended in general a couple of times. There was a long ball over the top we nearly got caught out with. It's just that bit of experience at the back. 
you, we've got experienced players there who've played hundreds of games, but you've you've got to put that into practice, and 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 you just got to you just got to concentrate and do the right things. And when the when the ball is out wide or is at the other end of the pitch as a defender, you have to be paranoid. You have to be paranoid, even though the ball's nowhere near you. You've got to be thinking, if that ball goes there, can I get there? Can I cover that player if he misses it? You've got to be thinking like that all the time, all the time. And if you do that, you're going, you're going to be in a good place on the pitch and, and, and mop stuff up and, and not allow these chances to be going in. Thanks very much, Glenn. Thanks very much, Glenn. And again, thanks, Andy, for conducting the interview earlier on today. All right, let's hear from Dave Victor then with Victor's View. I can't remember the O's receiving three red cards in one game. The new guidance for referees, whilst well-intentioned, guarantees an increase in the level of inconsistency and subsequently frustration felt by supporters, players and management. I'm not seeking to make excuses. I make it now three yellow cards before Tuesday night's final whistle, if you include the one that Richie Wellens picked up pre-season at Colchester United. But the O's need to adjust and adapt to the current situation. I also cannot remember a start to a campaign that has seen so many injuries. Shaq Ford didn't even make it to the match before the young striker signed from Watford became the latest addition to the O's astonishing injury list. Under the new rules, managers who have seen red during the match cannot speak to the press. It meant that goalkeeping coach Simon Royce came out after Tuesday night's game and it was encouraging to hear that the injury to Sol Brin is not as bad as first feared. There were two positions that were the highest priority to cover this summer following the departures of Lawrence Vigrou and Paul Smith. I get the impression that both Bryn and Dan Ajay were top of Orient's list of signings, and it's so frustrating that there's been an injury to both. At least the players on Tuesday demonstrated enormous courage, fight and character as they fought against the odds at Adams Park after Dan Happy had seen red. Our first goal back in League One was a special one. Or Saturio worked so hard and he had the sweetest of volleys. But it's now eight conceded in the league, ten in the opening four matches, and each of those could and should have been avoided. I understand that Richie Wellens and Paul Terry are not allowed into the stadium on Saturday. It's been a positive start for Wellens' former club, Blackpool, a win and two draws in the league, and victory in the League Cup against Derby County. They're going to face Wolves away in the second round. But I think that if the O's can present the same levels of energy and passion as they showed on Tuesday night and also demonstrate a return to the focus and resolve to the defence that was such an important part of last season's success, you never know, we might pick up our first points of the campaign. Finally, credit to the 800-plus who made the journey to Wickham and outsang the Wickham Wanderers supporters throughout Tuesday evening. The travelling faithful again magnificent okay thank you ever so much Dave that's really really appreciated alright unfortunately we've run out of time for Roper's rant so I do apologise uh, we might well put it out as an hour, an hour extra um, I will, and Andy will uh, tweet about that if that's the case um, we've got a couple of minutes left and uh, we have been told uh, it's not been officially put out there by the club yet but we have a good source has told us that uh, Charlie Kelman has left QPR and will be signing for Orient on a two year deal so whether that's an exclusive or not we shall soon see 
see. If it's not, obviously I'll have egg on my face, but never mind. Um, all right, we look ahead to the uh, the Blackpool game at the weekend then. Um, Blackpool coming, we're going to the game with Blackpool having played 3-1-1 and drawn 2. Uh, they won the first game 2-0 and they haven't scored since. since so they've had 2-0-0 draws. Um, we were talking earlier on, Gareth, and uh, I said to you I would play three at the back at the weekend. So my, I would play uh, James Beckles and Turns as a back three with uh, Hunt on the uh, or Hunt on the right hand side, Brown, Galbraith, and Elmazuni, Archibald on the left with Satiru and Piggott uh, up top. Um, and Satiru, obviously, if we get start to get slowed under, could then drop back into midfield. We just got to stop conceding goals. To me, we just got to tighten up that middle of the middle of the park. What do you think? Yeah, uh, as I said before, I mean, we're giving ourselves a mountain to climb each time. If we if we concede two two or three sloppy goals, then we've got no chance. Uh, so we just, in a way, we've got to kind of steady the fort, haven't we, and, and just stop giving goals away. Um, hopefully, we can keep the goal-scoring form going as well, you know, maybe maybe get something going forward. I think what we really need is momentum, and I think when we're talking about bad luck and incidents, etc., what it's really done is stifle any momentum we build up in a game, really, so... And I think that's what, what we need. Yeah. Uh, Terry, coming over to you, what do you do in this sort of situation? Do you try and go and win the game by playing 4-3-3 or do you sort of uh, pack the defence? I think it, it's a strange thing. I, we don't seem to be very good at keeping it tight at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I would suggest that we try to attack them. It's as simple as that. You know, let's have a go at them like we did at Wickham the other night. Look good, look much better. Be braver. Not be like gung-ho. But let's... Piggott, if he plays up front, needs support. You know, if, that, yeah. if we play that system, it might mean like Rule can play a little bit closer to him. Let's get the midfield. As I said, Elmiz and um, Jordan Brown, for me, are very good attacking players. Technically good, can get up. They can hurt the team if we get them just into the areas. So for me, yep, let's have a go on Saturday. All right, thank you very much, guys. Really, really appreciate your company tonight. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you all on Saturday. Bye-bye. We're not sitting, we're not in town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found. But Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best. To cheer all those on who wear the vest. Whatever challenge, whatever test. We're laying our ear from a tent. We're laying our ear. This is our club, we are proud So sing it up, sing it loud We were formed in 1881 The claps and orient had so begun The old story on it runs We're late and orient from E10 Whatever challenges come our way The orient faithful are here to stay
and an argument from each end. 